in the back as you leave, there's a sheet of paper that has two discussion guides on the front and then two on the back. Um, Deuteronomy has a lot more than what we've covered. Today's the last week of Deuteronomy. Um, and I couldn't stand leaving some of the passages. So this week I wrote out some discussion guides, which are either kind of personal devotions, but probably more like group discussion where there's, you know, like six questions and a passage or two that you'd have to read on the king, the prophet, the festivals, and the tithe. Um, and it, it's fantastic. It's, it's worth studying because it's probably different than what you grew up hearing or even what you think you know already. So those are in the back. Grab them as you go. We've also got them online. Uh, while I'm saying that, we have this hidden webpage uh, called beyondchurch.live slash study guide. Uh, I don't think it's linked anywhere on our website. Oh, it is linked? Oh, it's on the menu. Okay, never mind. Oh, it was my own private page where I could write whatever I want. What I'm playing. <laughs> Uh, so we have a study guide. We have a new series coming up next week, and there's homework. So just real quick plug, go out there, do it. Um, you, you actually have to answer a question next Sunday morning, like, in front of everyone. So you want to make sure you know what you're going to say, because um, if you get it wrong, you know, you got you to go down to the creek. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, no, I just want to echo also um, what Tony was saying, what Jim was saying, um, hosting students, uh, Friday at the warehouse was fun. Uh, guys, it was, uh, it, yeah, yeah, like, there's so much of us that were looking backwards as was, like, we're doing a thing, like, this is happening. You know, like, we had, we had 14 students come, and we only knew four of them. Like, 10 students showed up we had never met. We're like, ah, hi, who are you? How'd you know? You know, like, it, it, it's so cool because, you know, uh, what was it, like six months ago maybe, you know, we're like, oh, should we renew our lease? Like, oh, what are we doing? What's the, you know, where's our church going? And felt like God kind of said youth. And we're like, you sure? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not sure. I know where to start on that one. You know, and so we've been praying, God, can you just bring the people you want to bring? And so to be on the other side and say like, oh, okay, God, like, we're ready, you know, and our church is absolutely ready. There's been so much, like even, even from like a financial perspective, you know, where you can see we're on board with this. You know, we had more than enough volunteers for the first night. You guys are helping, you know, stack chairs at the end. Um, we, we should also talk about maybe having a team come help unstack chairs at the beginning. Uh, so let me know if that's, let me know if that's you. Um, but, but it's absolutely thrilling. You know, Sherry already was invited to a choir concert that one of the students came. You know, they're, they're, they see that we want to love and care for them and, and that this is just their place. Come, hang. You know, and, and so we're just continuing to pray, God, can you go before us, bring the right people? You know, we, we're, we just can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen next. Because the excitement isn't because we've executed a great plan. You know, like, look at it, it's working. You know, it's because God's in this. Like, and it feels like every step of the way, we're like, oh, 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 oh. like yeah, I'm, I'm trying to catch up, God, you know? Um, and so it's, it's going to be great. I, I feel like people are going to find real hope, real truth, um, not fake hope, fake truth, um, and, and find love, community, you know, the things that God provides for us, others are going to be able to experience here in this space. So I, I just thank you, God. That's, that's what that is. And that's a continue to pray. You know, if you can't make it on a Friday, continue to pray, help out on Sundays, whatever it is, um, it, it's going to keep going, and it's going to be fun. Uh, now to try to transition back to Deuteronomy, I have actually a really good transition, but it felt so clean that it felt like it was going to be like too, like I had, I had to make a, a sharper break. Because here's, here's, the, here's the thing, right? So coming out of the warehouse Friday night, it's like, okay, now 
can, can you guys all tell your friends and bring people? You know, it's like, okay, we had 14. I think we could, I mean, you could fit 50, 100. You know, it's like, like I think we could, we, we could have more. You know, and so you're, you know, you're talking like, hey, so what, what did you guys think? You know, would, you guys going to come back? You know, we're open next Friday as well. You know, bring friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, they're, and they're saying, yeah, I'll, I'll come back. I'll bring friends. This is, this is a great place. But you and I both know, right, there's a difference between saying, yeah, good idea. I agree with you. And then actually doing it, right? So like uh, my, my wife and I, we celebrate 13 years anniversary last week. Um, and, and there's a difference. Yeah, right, right. She's not here. So, uh, hey, hon, she's helping in the babies, right? Uh, there's a difference between uh, me really wanting to remember my anniversary and doing something sweet and special for her on the day and actually doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like I can really, really want to do something special. And if that day comes and goes and I didn't say anything, didn't do anything, like, you missed it, bud. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a, there's a massive gap there between good intention and saying that that would be a good thing and actually doing it. Um, that's the point we're at in Deuteronomy here, at the very end, where we have uh, read through Deuteronomy, we've learned about who God is, how he's revealed himself to the ancient Israelites and, and us today, and, and how he expects us to live in order that we might show the world who he is so that they can know him and worship him along with us. But now it's, it's time to say, okay, well, do we just say, good, and we clap. That's, that, I, I like that, you know, <laughs> like, this is good, good word, you know. no. You actually have to, to do it. You have to follow it. And that's how Moses concludes his speech. We talked way back in the beginning. I don't know, it's probably May now. You know, that this is kind of like a graduation speech. Moses knows he's about to die. And so he's led them up to the Jordan River right before the promised land. And, and he says, okay, before I go, I have some final words. And he reminds them of this covenant that God made with them at Mount Sinai 40 years before. And he said, okay, like, like, I can't go with you, right? I'm, I'm going to go away, but you have to do this going forward. And I'll, I also like looking at this like a pregame pep talk, right? So it's like you're, you're, you're before you're, you're going out into the field, you know, you're in the locker room, you know, and the coach, come on, we got to go. You know, it's like Moses is trying to get them to focus, right? Because they're not just going to walk into the promised land, they're going to have to fight. You know, like actual physical wars, but also the spiritual battle too. It's like you got you to reject their culture, reject their gods, and hold fast only to God. And so he's, he wants them to be focused because when he's not there, when you cross over that, that river into the promised land, it's go time. And so he's trying to pump them up. And the conclusion is, okay, what are you going to do? And same thing for us. Right? We can read all about Deuteronomy or anything else in the Bible, and we can say, that sounds wonderful. Oh, pastor, what a great word. You know, what I, I mean, that you guys say that a lot. Thank you. It, it helps me. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a difference between saying, yes, I agree with that. I think that's good. And saying, I will then choose to live that. And so this pump-up speech is the same speech for us. It's how can we stay focused when we go out there? It's easy in this room to say, yes, absolutely. Amen. Praise God. You know, harder when we're out in the regular world and everything's coming. So this passage we're going to read today is going to help us focus. Um, also, I didn't grab a Bible, so I'm going to grab one from one of these tables because I'm going to read it. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, verse 11 through 20. That's where we're going to be this morning. All right, I'll read it. I think we've got it up on the screen as well. Deuteronomy 30. 11 through 20. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. 
nor is it beyond the sea, so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, This is a really cool passage here. Uh, This is uh, the emotional high point. Like, this is, this is the peak. This is where Moses is going. There's a few passages later. Um, there's uh, uh, the passage that Kim actually preached on a few weeks ago, and then he blesses the tribes and the narratives about him passing it to Joshua and Moses dying. But this is the end of his speech. Uh, this, is, this is the part where he's driving towards us, remember who we are. Remember the covenant. This is how God has revealed himself to us. This is how we must live. And then here's the, it builds to this, now what will you do? Right? Like, like he, is, he is not letting them say, sounds good, Moses. Wow, you are a good speaker now, right? You know, it's like, God's equipped you, you know? Like, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's saying, you can't, you can't just sit here and agree. You can't just say, God is great. You have to say, therefore, I will choose life. And he, he, he's saying, it's extreme. It, it's not even, you know, take it or leave it, do as much as you want, you know, to, to whatever extent you follow the law, that, that'll be the blessing you receive. He's like, no, 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 there's life and there's death. Which one do you want, right? It's super, oh, okay. But, but he's, he's, he's telling them it's that important. This is life and death issues here. You know, he starts by saying it's not too high or too far. You know, it's not hidden what they're doing. Um, you know, this is, this is kind of like, you feel like, well, if, I'm, if I want to really be a good Christian, you know, it's like, it's probably some spiritual journey I need to go on that's years away. You know, I've got to be some sort of elite. I've got to be a pastor, right? Or better yet, a monk, you know, that like lives among the, the trees, you know, forever. And I, I just study his word and read and pray. And Moses is like, no, 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 no. No, it's real close, real close. It's in your mouth, on your hearts. He commanded that, right? This is the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter six. It says it's very easy. He's, he's removing their excuse of saying like, I can't understand it, or I'm just, I'm just a little old me. I'm not, you know, this, this religious thing, I'm not cut out for that. Moses is like, no, 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 it's for everyone. It's right here. It's clear. It's understandable. You have to choose, right? You can't sidestep this. It's not like, all right, we'll let the high priest choose for us. I'll go with whatever they do. No, 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 this is you. This is you. They talk on how he switches. It's not uh, kind of the plural you. Like, it's, it's a, it, he uses the, the first or the second person you. You know, it's like, I'm talking with individuals. Life or death? Life or death? Life or death? How about you? How about you? You know, it's like we all have to make the choice. That's what Moses is saying. Um, what is it that he wants? It's, it's clear. It's what, what he commands us. He says it uh, twice in 16 and then at the end in uh, 19 and 20. Let's see if I can get it. Oh, that's hilarious. I turned it to red. Why? Like this little thing, I don't... It was on green, and I turned it to red. Oh, 
It's like it works if you just stay locked. Deuteronomy 13, 16. See, that, that's what it is. You got to stay focused, right? You see, it's, it's an illustration. All right. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. And then he repeats it back at the end of what we read. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years and the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it's, it's these sets of three. You know where he says, uh, love the Lord your God, um, obey him, you know, walk in obedience to him, keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Uh, these are all the same thing. You know, uh, Moses doesn't have in mind that there's, uh, you know, something different of loving God versus listening to him. No, it's like if you love God, you'll obey him, you'll follow the commands, you'll listen to him, you'll hold fast to him, you know, worship him alone. It's everything that we've been talking about here in the law. He's saying, do, do this, do this. This is the same pump-up, you know, speech that we need to hear. This is the exact same application we need to hear. What, what is Israelites after they've been reminded what the law is? It's hold fast to him, love him, listen to him, obey him. Same thing with us, right? We have, we have more of God's word, right? Not just the law. We've got the whole Bible. But we've finished reading Deuteronomy. We've finished understanding it, uh, discovering more things about who God is. What do we do with it? Hold fast to him, love him, obey him. So I'm summarizing it all up today. This is what we have to do going out of here after we've read Deuteronomy. It's hold fast to God. Hold fast. And it gives us a good visual image of hanging on. <laughs> what does holding fast to God mean? It's the summary of what he's just said, right? Like he's described it. You know, the, 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 again, we're in chapter 30 here, right? So he's, he's gotten 30 chapters worth of, of kind of a runway before he lands in this spot. We've also taken, you know, the whole summer to say, this is what God wants. This is who God is. And so the conclusion is hold fast. Here's a review of the things that we concluded we should do based on what God has revealed in the Bible. Uh, it's like smaller in the back. I'm just going to turn around and read it. My eyes are fine. Punish the guilty, <laughs> acquit the innocent. That was the week on justice. Love others by picking up their burdens. Rest in and enjoy his presence. Be holy as God is holy. Make room for the vulnerable. Put God alone at the center of your worship. These are the things that we said the law is teaching us today. This is the summary. This is what it looks like for us to hold fast to God. Okay, are we doing it, right? Again, we're at church. This is Sunday morning. Yeah, sounds good. Amen. You know, those are all great. Is this our life, right? Is this what it looks like? Have we chosen life? Have we chosen to hold fast to God? Punish the guilty, acquit the innocent, love others by picking up their burdens, rest in and enjoy his presence, be holy as God is holy, make room for the vulnerable, put God alone at the center of your worship. Man, even reading that, it's like, I can tell there's a difference between saying it and doing it, you know? You know, and, 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 and sometimes it feels like, well, if it comes up in my life, then, then I, would, I would, you know, like make room for the, the vulnerable, right? Be holy as God is holy. Like if there's, it's like, no, no, no. Is that your life, right? Is this your choice? Are you choosing these things to build around? That's what it looks like to hold fast to God. Now, I think we understand this. You can go, I mean, we've got an archive of all the messages. If you want to go listen through what it is or read through the passages that we were talking about, um, I think we took some of that study guide down. But, you know, the Bible, 
It's close to you. <laughs> it's literally within, you know, probably 10 feet of everyone right here, you know? <laughs> so, like, we have God's word. We can stay connected to it. Choose to hold fast to God. The one part that I want us to sit and kind of reflect on this morning is, is back to the motivation piece. Again, I don't think we here in America misunderstand the Bible where uh, we don't know it. You know, I think we've, we've probably had a lot of Bible teaching or exposure to different teaching, um, but I think the reason why sometimes hasn't been communicated clearly. Um, we, we talked a lot at the beginning of the series about why the Old Testament law exists. Why the covenant? Why is it even in the Bible? You know, these are ancient people. You know, like clearly the context is different. How in the world does this apply to us? You know, we, we've explored it. I want to say, if this is, if this is Moses' conclusion, hold fast to God, why does he say they're supposed to do it? You know? So here's uh, one option we've heard. It's for your salvation. I, th- <laughs> I think I've been taught this. Like the Old Testament law, was the way for them to be saved, you know, because they didn't have Jesus, right? Because I know now, I've read the whole Bible, it says, you know, you're only saved in Jesus, you know, Paul even talks and seems to say that the law was ineffective, right? You know, it's like they could never win their salvation, you know, with the law, and so you start thinking, you know, oh yeah, the law was meant for their salvation. If they could follow these rules close enough, then they could be saved, right? They could, they could be God's God's people, they'll make it to heaven, you know, or kind of whatever use of the word save that we use, that's what they have. Um, problems, uh, that, that doesn't say that. So it's, uh, strike that out, right? He never says, do this for your salvation, right? Salvation in the Old Testament is what? It was when they were in Egypt, they had nothing. They were just a, a group of ethnic people that hundreds of years ago, this God had said, you'll be my people on this land, way far away now would be their land. And they're being oppressed. And they cry out to God and say, help, help. And God says, okay, now. And takes them and makes them his people, right? And so then you have the, the, the covenant at Mount Sinai, almost like this wedding ceremony, right? Like, you will be mine. I will be yours, right? Here's how we will go forward in this. That's salvation. And so now, when Moses is talking, you're already saved. These people are already God's people. We talked about this at the very beginning, right? You are my chosen people, my treasured possession, right? You are extra special. They've already been saved. The, the, the law is not their way, their path towards salvation. Their salvation already happened in God's actions and what he had done. You know, like when God saved them out of Egypt, it's like they're... Um, you know, it's like they're, they're an abandoned child on the side of the road. They can't do anything, right? They're just sitting there crying like, help? Like, like, I, like I can't, I don't even know a direction to go or whatever. And God says, you'll be mine, Whew, right? And adopts them and says, you will be my child. It says that in Ezekiel, if you remember from last year, and when we studied that one and that parallel. But, but before they had even known about the law, God saved them, right? They didn't even, they didn't even have a shot at proving that they should be saved, right? Like God hadn't revealed himself to them. He hadn't said, this is what it will be to be my people. He just said, you're mine. I saved you, right? And that's the order of how things go, even for us today. Because I think that we sometimes keep in our mind that I'm supposed to hold fast to God, not just church attendance, not just tithing, but, you know, reading your Bible, praying, like doing faith. Why? Because I am doing this for my salvation. Because I will win my salvation if I can, if I can hold tight enough, you know, if I, if I can not let go to God. But I don't, I don't think that's uh, certainly not what's here in Deuteronomy 30, and, and not even when it comes to the New Testament. 
Here's, here's what it looks like to me if, if I had to illustrate what holding fast to God for your salvation looks like. It looks like um, you're a lineman, you know, for like a power company, and you, you've got you've to, you know, go and fix, you know, down power lines or something like that, you know, and so you're, you're either up in a, uh, well, like a cherry picker kind of type thing, or maybe you're, uh, you've got to climb those massive power lines, right, and you've got Caribbean, and you strap in, and you're, you're kind of holding on, you know, because you can't fall, but, but to do your job, to, to get the work done, you know, you're helping people, it's a good thing, people are relying on you to do it. But, but at the end of the day, you're doing this in order to get the paycheck so you can go back home and live your life. You know, and I feel like sometimes Christianity can feel like that. Where like, I know I, I, know I should, but like, I get enough of whatever I need, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether it's community, social, you know, and then, and then, and then I come back and I, then I can live my life the way that I want to. And so being a Christian is just my way of kind of, sometimes it's hard and sometimes you got to go through those trustee updates, you know, whatever it is. But like you go through it because I get the things that I need so that I can live my life, you know, but, but that absolutely false. You know, e- even if that's the way that we're living, that's not the motivation. That's not why we hold fast to God. You know, if we want to even take a look post-Jesus, right? So we, don't, we aren't even in this world, right? We're not ancient Israel. We know our salvation comes through Jesus. But, but we've, like, look, we've been saved because Jesus died for us, right? Jesus died for our sins, right? But Jesus died, like past tense, right? Like, like, like he already paid for your sins. You know, like he's not waiting for you to see like, ah, Yep, I'll die for you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wait. You know, like, uh, you know, it's like, we don't have to prove to God, yeah, you should die for me, right? And, and I, I think we get that, but I think some of us also are like, well, let me just prove you didn't make a mistake. <laughs> you know, it's like, let me just show that I deserve this, right? And so you're living your Christian life. You're like, did you see that, God? Like, look, I'm doing it. But that's, that's thinking of yourself as like, this is my job, and I'm going to get a paycheck. And my boss, look, I'm actually doing the work. Can I get a promotion? That's, that's not at all the motivation that we see here. That's not it. Strike it out. Here's, here's, what, here's what Moses does say. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, uh, and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws. Then you will live in increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. Nothing about salvation. It's all like you're, you're already saved. Now it's just more, right? There's increase, there, you know, blessings, prosperity, you know, and there's an implied peace in this land that you're going to possess. Like it's, it's, it's extra things that, that they're holding fast to. It, this isn't just to gain your salvation and there's no sort of uh, transaction where they earn it and then they just get what they deserve. Um, that's not here, even if it's kind of here in, or what we believe in our hearts. Um, another option. How about this? Hold fast to God for obedience. I've, I've heard this taught. And again, it's not, it's not out of maybe a misunderstanding, but maybe a misapplication of what the Bible says, where you say, you know what, I, I don't know what God's doing, and I just have to hold on. You know, and like, like I, the world's crazy, and, and this just gives me some shred of control because I know that God's in control, so I'm going to hold on in blind faith. And we're just, you know, through thick and thin, whatever comes, doesn't matter, I'll hold on, right? There's nothing wrong with that. God is in control. God is sovereign. We hold on to him. That's certainly not the motivation, right? You know, and I think some Christians live their life like this, you know? And the illustration I have for this is, um, did you ever see that movie Bird Box? So I try to keep my pop culture references down pretty low in church. um, And that's just because I'm not really that in touch with pop culture. 
Sports, got those. Pop culture, not as much. So Bird Box was this movie that came out on Netflix like five years ago, and it was like the first big one that didn't come out in the theaters. Right? And it's like the change of the movie industry forever. Um, it's like a, it's a scary movie. So if you're not into that, definitely don't do it. It's like, it, it, it's scary. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, there's like a big bad monster running around, and it only gets you if you see it, right? And so uh, there's this mom and her kids that are trying to go to the sanctuary um, but they're all blindfolded, right? Because they don't want the big bad thing to get them. And so, like, obviously, there's some suspense built in there, right? There's the family ties. There's the fact you can't see anything. But the kids are holding on for dear life to their mother, right? Like, like you're blindfolded. There's something that's going to get you if, you if you take your blindfold off. And, ah, you know, you're, like, stumbling around, right? You're like, I feel like sometimes we do that in life. It's a big, scary world out there. I'm completely out of control. I feel like I'm, you know, something's going to get me one way or the other. But if I can just hold on to Jesus, eventually he'll take me to heaven and I'll take off my mask and I'll finally be able to breathe, right? And that's some people's existence. Um, But that's not what I see presented here. That's not what God meant for us, even if it is a, a very genuine faith in God. That's not the motivation. It's not to be scared of the world and just completely unengaged but holding on to him. Sure, that's faith. That's not what this picture looks like. Instead, I think we have a better option, uh, and that's what the Bible says itself. To this day, this that this at the end, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The reason that we choose to hold on to God is for life, for, for, for our own life. <laughs> it's, for, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. God, see, look, God isn't even asking us to do something difficult or, 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 you know, go through some, you know, obstacle course. Or, you know, it's, it's like, sorry, Israel, this is your God. You were the ones crying out when you're enslaved. You know, and this Yahweh picked you up and you're his people. So he, he just tells you what to do. You have no choice. No, no, no. God's saying, I'm giving you life. This is for your good, for your benefit. Choose life. Choose the thing that you were designed for. That, that makes it much easier to hold on for your life. Now, look, when I say that, some of, you, some of you see the danger, right? Holding on for your life. You know, so you're like on a rope over a cliff, alligators at the bottom, you know, you know, like, ah, like, dear, like, like that, that's the Christian, right? That's afraid of hell, right? You've heard enough speeches that, that scare you. And you're like, ah, like, okay, I'll do it. I'll pray. I, you know, I'll go come to church. I'll, you know, it's like, I'm holding on for dear life. Again, faith, absolutely. I'm not saying that's not faith, but that's not the picture that's painted here. That's not what life should look like. That's not the motivation for why we should be engaging, why we should be following God. Why should we even obey him? No, instead, I view it like this. When you go up into the mountains, give it like three, four months, snow's everywhere, right? You clip into your skis. You, I tried to figure out the verb for this. Shuffle over to like the lift. You know, like what, what do you, do you, do you still call it like skiing? You know, you're kind of doing the, <laughs> you know, well, I'm doing the, ah! <laughs> it's like you, cross them together. No, but you get to the lift, right? It's coming around, and you sit down, and they say, hold on, you know? And like, you're supposed to hold on, you know? But, but I haven't seen anyone yet, like, 
jumping out. Like, no, because you actually get lifted, right? I mean, you're, you're, what, 30, 40 feet off the ground, and, and yeah, I don't want to hurt myself. Maybe you don't die. You break a leg or something like that. So you're, you're, you're sitting there, and you're holding on. But you're not holding on so that you don't fall, right? No, no you're holding on for something much better. You're holding on to get to the top, right? Because when, what's at the top? Well, it's what you came for. It's what you paid $100, $200, $300 for, right? No, you get to the top and you say, whoa, this is beautiful, right? I mean, like, haven't you gone skiing and there's, like, people, like, not skiing? They're just like, <laughs> you're like, what is this place? You know, you can't get there when you're down at the bottom of the mountain, right? If you don't hold on, you can't get to the place that you really want to be. And then you enjoy it, right? You probably enjoy it so much you get back in line, you hold on again, get to the top and do it again. And again and again and again, as, as much as you can for that whole day or the weekend or however long you're staying there. And then the next week, you have coffee with your friends. And I say, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? You say, it was great. Guess what? I went skiing. And you tell them all about it and all the stories. And they get jealous. They make plans to go do the same thing. Your kids have memories. You're looking at the pictures and you're remembering this experience. Us that live here in Colorado say, this is living. Right? We say, this is life. Look, look at the amazing scenery that we have here at Colorado. And you can just experience it. You just got to hold on. Right? Like, you just got to get, get up there. Look, this, this is the illustration. <laughs> God is saying, Moses is saying, I'm saying, the Lord is your life. He is the one who will give you a thrill, take you places you can't go to. You know, joy, adventure, you know, give you the stories that you want to tell your friends, the memories for your family that you're cherished forever if you hold on to him. You, you, you have to get in the lift and hold on, right? If we just choose to go about our day, you will have no stories, right? You'll have mundane life. You will not see the miracles like Jim's saying, but if we choose to hold on to him, hold fast, you get life. How's that? Is that your life? Thrilling? You know, your relationship with God, is it, is it something that's an adventure, that's stories to tell with other people? Is it memories? Are you, are you stopping and taking photos along the way because you just, sorry, God, I just like, oh, whoa, like, where am I, right? That's the kind of living that God wants to give us. A actual life. You get that, like, like skiing is us trying, like outside of God, like if you don't have faith, you're like, I need to make my life worth something. And so we found something that's really fun. And a lot of people are like, life's not there, right? That's a reflection of what true life is. Life is in Jesus. All those things are in him if we hold fast. And, and then it's a choice. Do, do, you want, do you want life or do you want death? It's your choice. But God is such a good God. He's not forcing us to do something or having us cringe and hold on, being scared of, of what's behind us or just not wanting to engage in the world or, or, or really just working and proving to him how good you're. No, no, I want to take you somewhere, someplace you're going to love. Come along, you know, hold on, choose life. I want to, want to conclude today by just addressing everyone who maybe doesn't know that they have that life, right? So Moses said, it's not far away. You don't have to be super spiritual. It's, it's, it's right there. It's in, in your mouth, in your heart. You know, he, he didn't know how true those words were, right? When Jesus comes and he says, I will be with you forever, right? I'll send my spirit. He will be in you. I live in your heart. You know, so we, through our faith in Jesus, have that, have life, literally life in us, this life that we're holding on to in Christ. If you don't know whether or not you have Christ, make today the day. I set before you today life and death, blessings and curses, right? Choose life. Paul said it this way. 
He, he talked about this exact same passage in Deuteronomy, but this is after Jesus came. He's explaining to people how they can actually know this life. Romans 10, verse 5. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, uh, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. What Paul is saying, he's kind of taking Moses' words, saying it's close to your mouth, close to your heart, and he's saying, use your heart, use your mouth to receive this life. In your heart, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he did die for your sins. And with your mouth, say, I choose to follow you. You are my Lord, which means I will obey, I will love you, I will hold fast to you for your life. He says, and in that way, Jesus' death, which has already died for you, he already wants you to be his, he enters into you, and you have life. And now you hold fast. So for all of us, whether, whether it's your first decision today or whether you've already made a decision to hold fast, then the same thing. What do you do? You say, cool, got it, check. Thanks for saving me, God. Right, the Israelites right on the edge of the promised land, like, great, now we're saved, appreciate it. All right, I'm, I'm just gonna go do my own thing. No, 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 choose, life or death. Choose life, hold fast to him. And if you made that choice today, uh, we want to celebrate with baptism. Baptism is the, the, the life act that demonstrates that, that life has entered into your heart uh, and your mouth. And so here we practice uh, what's called believer's baptism. So it's if you're, if you're an adult and you choose to follow God, we want to baptize you. This, this is you, your old self being buried with Jesus, dead. And then the resurrection of Jesus giving you that new life that we've just said. So we want to celebrate with you. So if you would like to be baptized, if you've never been baptized in your life, but you want to hold fast to Jesus's life, let me know or let Kim know. Uh, we'll schedule it. Uh, our baptisms are celebrations. And so we'll celebrate with you, and we do have a heater. So even if we have to schedule it for November, it's going to be all right. And it'll be, it'll be warm, and we, and we have a way to do it inside now. So let me know. But for all of us, here's the message from God today. I set before you life and death, you know, prosperity and curses. Choose life that you and your children may live. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your salvation. Thank you that you don't require us to earn it, that you don't require us to prove it, you don't require us to pay you back. Thank you that you want so much more for us than being scared of everything or just uh, unsure or being out of control. God, you want to take us places. God, may we hold fast to you. May we choose to hold on to you. The, the practices that you've taught us here in Deuteronomy, Lord, may, may we take steps in our life to make those be who we are, a part of our identity. Uh, we, we want to know the thrills of riding your ski lift and not our own. Uh, we don't want to build our own no, ski, ski resort town. <laughs> Lord, we want, we want what you have for us. Um, as a church, you know, especially with this warehouse, God, it just feels like 
There's so much adventure and thrill that you're giving us. May we hold fast to you in this. May we not take our own route or, you know, go down a separate route of the mountain, Lord. May we just continue to hold on to you. But I pray for each and every one of our lives. You know where we're at. You know how much we're on our own. You know how much we're holding fast to you. You know how much uh, you want to show us or what you have around the corner if we'd only hold on to you. Lord, show us where we can take those intentional steps. Show us where we can turn our words into actions and we can follow through with everything that we agree to, everything that we sing about, everything that we know to be true. May our lives reflect that, God. We want to see that life. We want to see your life. We trust that you yourself is actually our life. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we've got some questions uh, to close out this series on Deuteronomy. But if you want more, I got those, I got those printouts that I just couldn't prevent myself from printing out this week. Um, go ahead and take them. All right, here's the questions. What motivates you to hold fast to God? Two, are some motivations better than others? Why? And then lastly, where have you seen true life because of following Jesus? Uh, we'll take maybe just five minutes, so answer maybe your favorite question, get a couple people, and then I'll come up and I'll dismiss us for the day.